Hello, Team Ajulam. Karibuni sana tena. We are now on our fourth episode of a series that we began on the book of Daniel. Super exciting stuff. And so what this episode is, is that this episode is an extension of last week's episode. So if you haven't watched last week's message, I would encourage you to do so because there's going to be some references that I'm going to make to what we talked about last week in this message. Okay, we're going to look at some stuff from Daniel chapter 1. Now, today what I want us to do is that I want us to be able to look at a strong lesson that begins in chapter 1 and cuts through the entire book of Daniel. Today, I want us to talk about bold faith. Say with me, bold faith. Now, last week, what we learned in Daniel chapter 1 is that Daniel and his friends, who were just teens, had this incredible opportunity brought before them in the fact that they were able to enter into the king's service while being exiled, while being prisoners in Babylon. And so this was a great opportunity for them considering that they were exiles, right? And what happens is that soon after they receive this opportunity, Daniel and his friends begin to stir things up, okay? They begin to stir the pot up. They did not want to defile themselves by consuming the food and drink that had been given to them from the king's table. And so they begin to have issue with it. And what we discussed last week is that them making this request was incredibly risky, considering that it would have meant that they would have been despising the gift of the king, because the king was essentially doing this as, in a sense, kind of like as part of the gifts of, you know, being a part of this training that they were about to enter into, was that they get to eat from the king's table. Of course, that, what a great honor. Right? And so for them being able to question this and being able to say we don't want that is incredibly disrespectful. Right? Now, in spite of this risk, Daniel went ahead to ask the chief official if they could be fed vegetables instead. Now, the Bible says in Daniel 1.9, now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. And what we found is that this favor was on account of the chief official having compassion on Daniel and his friends by not snitching on them, by not going and telling the king regarding what it is that they had asked, right? So this is the favor that is shown to them. But the chief official nonetheless refused their request. And he's just like, bruh, I'm not trying to get my head cut off, right? Now what then Daniel does is that he doesn't give up, is that he goes and he asks now the guard who has been given to them by the chief official to, to bring them the food, he tells them, just test us for 10 days. Let's do a 10-day experiment, right? And, if, and then you, you see how we look after the 10 days, right? And so the, the guard agrees. And so sure enough, these guys, uh, it says that they looked tops, healthier than all the other guys, right? Healthier than everyone else after the 10 days. Now, I want us to consider the boldness of what Daniel and his friends were doing just as teens, right? They literally, in a very literal sense, risked this incredible opportunity before them because they did not want to sin against God. These boys were just teenagers and were willing to risk what many, to many I'm sure at the time, was an amazing opportunity because of their devotion to God. This is bold faith. And we see these guys doing this time and time again, right? Time and time again. 
And now, you know, obviously, because we are here to study God's word together, I want us to, I want you at this moment in time, I want you to pause the video and go and read Daniel chapter 3 and Daniel chapter 6. I want you to pause the video here, go read Daniel 3 and Daniel 6. And once you're done reading these two chapters, come back and continue to watch. Great! Welcome back! Welcome back! So now from the two chapters that we just read, one thing that you notice is like the Boniface Mwangi says, these guys were team courage, right? Or say were bold faith. Yeah? So in chapter 3, what we see and we find is King Nebuchadnezzar had made an image of gold that he wanted everyone in his kingdom to worship. Now every single time, the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, pipe, and all kinds of music was heard, all people were to fall down and worship the image that the king had set up. Right? And so as we saw in chapter 1, Daniel and his friends refused to defile themselves by eating meat and wine from the king's table. Now, I'm, you can imagine that if food was an issue, <laughs> right? You can imagine that this, this, this was definitely not going to fly with them, right? In terms of the worship of, of an idol, ah, no chance this was going to happen with these guys, right? And so what we see is that the penalty for disobedience to this king's decree was death via a burning furnace, right? And we're going to look a little deeper into this story in Daniel 3 in two weeks' time. We're going to look deeper into this story. There's some stuff that I also want to talk about from this specific chapter. But the thing is, is that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro, <laughs> right? That in spite of the threats from the king, they say to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Now I can imagine for everyone in the king's court, and the king himself looking at these guys like they were completely insane. Like, who does this, right? What kind of devotion is this? I mean, what kind of devotion was this that they were literally willing to risk their very lives? And not just in any way, but through a burning furnace because of their devotion to this, their God. Says, like, who are these guys, first and foremost, that would be willing to do this? And so this instruction... But the thing is, is that this instruction that they had received very blatantly, you know, even at least the, the, the word for the food was in the 600 and something laws that were given to the people. Now we're talking here in terms of like the, the buying down to an idol. This literally went against the, the Ten Commandments, right? This literally went against the Ten Commandments. In Exodus 20 from verse 2 to 4, it says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord, for I am the Lord your God. And so the thing is, is that these guys have demonstrated, as they did in the first chapter, that their commitment to God's word. And this time was absolutely no different. And we know what happened to them. They were thrown into the fire and it did not harm them. 
right? Now, the thing is that this ordeal was so mind-blowing to the king that he says to them after they are out of the fire, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other God can save in this way. So now on account of these three young men and their bold faith, God was able to use them to reveal his mighty power to those in Babylon. And further, not only was that the, like the fact that they brought in, that God was able to demonstrate his power and he, that, that he, he was able to receive incredible glory through this whole experience, they also came out to the promotion, right? The Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out to the promotion. They were also promoted after this whole experience, after the, 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 the king and uh, witnessing what happened. That then now, all of a sudden, you see that he's just like, we've got to promote these guys. These guys have the spirit of the gods. <laughs> That's what he says, the spirit of the gods in them. And then there's chapter 6, where there's a scheme to bring down Daniel due to his jealousy. It says in verse 3 to 5, that now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man Daniel unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So now what they did is that they put together a plan Right? Where they were going to bring down Daniel, and the only thing that they could find a basis to bring him down on was based on his faith in God. They literally made the king make a law that would mean that Daniel could not pray for the next 30 days unless he was praying to the king. Now, I love what it says of Daniel when he had the law. It says in verse 10, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. Help. Daniel heard about the law and went home and prayed like he always did. He did what he always did. Give thanks to God and ask him for his help. Then what happens is, is that they arrest this guy. They arrest Daniel. And he was thrown into the lion's den. And we all know how this story ends because you just read it. right? That not only does he suffer harm, does he not suffer harm. His enemies are literally destroyed. And the result, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, was that God was yet again able to reveal his mighty power in Babylon. But this time through Daniel. This was the testimony of King Darius, who witnessed this miraculous sign where he says, 
I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. And so what we find is that in these two situations, right, after each situation, a decree is given. Literally where the king is just like, my guy, this is so incredible. We have to make this thing into a law about how everyone must honor this God of Daniel. Everyone must honor this God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because this God is an incredible God. He is the living God and he endures forever. And like it says here, his kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. My goodness, this guy is here preaching the gospel. <laughs> based on this incredible sign and wonder that he has witnessed, that he's now proclaiming that he rescues and he saves. Whew, Yeshua, he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Now, the thing that I want to bring out here is the incredible boldness that these guys display throughout their lives. Daniel Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego lived a bold faith. They lived a bold faith. These guys were willing to suffer harm and even lose their lives for the sake of their commitment towards God. They were so committed to God that even those who were scheming against Daniel knew that they had nothing to use against him other than his faith in God. How incredible is that? That literally everyone around them, all the people that are around them, knew that these guys were devoted to God. In Daniel 6, the king says to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. Meaning that the king knew that Daniel continually served this God. His enemies knew that this is a guy who serves God. That's the reason why they, they knew that the only way we can catch this guy is in regards to the law of his God. This was the testimony that they had before others. They were the guys who served God continually. From their teen years to their adulthood, they continually served God wherever they were. And even the unbelievers around them knew it. Daniel and his friends lived a bold faith. There was no question whom they were committed to. Now the question is, can you say the same for yourself? You know, the, the, the sad thing is that for many of us, we live the opposite of a bold faith. We have a timid faith. We live in the closet of our faith in Christ Jesus, right? Where your friends don't know that you believe in Jesus. Your family doesn't know. Your colleagues do not know. And even if they know, they can't tell where you solidly stand. We're neither hot nor cold. We are lukewarm. Daniel and his friends were willing to risk an incredible opportunity if it meant that they, that they had to compromise on their commitment to God, they were willing to forgo that opportunity. Would you be willing to do the same? Imagine that you get an amazing opportunity for some work. Yes, you get a gig, some good work, right? But the thing is, is that for you to get this work, you have to agree to do some small, small corruption. You have to do some, you know, some, some, some corruption here. Would you do it? 
you know, there's this, there's a, there's a, there's a friend of mine. I, I, I uh, <laughs> my friends have been making fun of me because I'm. Of, there's a friend of mine. <laughs> they always like, which friend is that? <laughs> who is it? What's, who is it today? Anyway, so there's a there's a friend of mine. I had lunch with. Uh, I think it was last year. It was last year when we had lunch. We're having lunch, you know, beating stories, talking about yeah, different things, and so we, uh, you know, is is brother in the faith and. You know, we are there, we're talking about our belief in God and, 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 you know, how, you know, we've grown through this journey, especially after the pandemic. So we're talking about all these things. And one of the things that, so we're here talking about our faith, and then now we get into talking about Biashara. And one of the things the guy mentions to me is how, you know, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, the business that I'm in, I have to do, we have to do some, you know, kickbacks, nini, all that stuff. But he's just like, you know, but you know, that's just how it is. You know, that's just how it is. That's how the, the, the business goes. And I remember sitting there listening to, to, to him. And, and, you know, at this point in time, we've just had a really great conversation about our faith in God. But that faith didn't extend to believing that even in his business, that God is able to bring about profit without him having to compromise himself. This was... Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that they were literally willing to forego an opportunity if it meant that they had to compromise their faith in God. And the question is this, that they were literally living a bold faith, but for many of us, we wouldn't do the same. We live a timid faith, a faith that does not believe that God is able. These guys were literally willing to risk their lives <laughs> on account of their commitment to God. They refused to worship the image of gold set up by the king. You know, I find it no coincidence that this was an image of gold. And again, I always find this as kind of like, uh, you know, we talked about this many times before, where it says that like part of the thing that the reason why God talked about money so much is because of the way that it has the ability to capture our hearts, unlike anything else. And I don't think there's any coincidence that this is an image of gold that has been set up, right? It's so incredibly symbolic for us today, right? Where for many of us, we have been indoctrinated into the worship of wealth. Many of us worship wealth. Many of us worship wealth. We bow down to money. And how you know that is because obviously just look at the way we react to people with money. You know what I'm saying? And how we just convert their lives. So to the extent that it doesn't even matter. what you, You'll even bring them to a Christian forum to come and, and, and teach because they're rich. Because <laughs> the guy has chums. That's the reason why we need to hear this guy. We need to listen to this guy. Just because the guy has money. Anyway, we love, we love money. And you know, it's interesting how they say how everyone has a price tag. And the question is, what is your price tag? Because Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had no price tag. If it went against God's word, they weren't going to do it. They were not going to do it. Jesus tells us that you cannot serve God and money. You have to pick your master. And unfortunately for many of us, we live with two masters. right? Where it's just like that timid faith of, you love one and hate the other, right? That's why it says you can't have two masters. Where it says, like, yeah, we believe in God, but we also worship money. So meaning we'll come to the churches and praise Jesus. But on the, on the, on the back end, 
the, level, the amount of corruption, <laughs> the amount of illicit things that you're doing for the sake of money. But in the uko in the front, we are there, praise Jesus, you know, mungu, eh? we praise God. Yeah, we start uh, conversations through, throughout some scriptures. But uko in the back end, all we have is just corruption. And the question is, and it's, it's a real question, what is your price tag? What is the thing that we'd be able to say, like, if someone came and offered you a certain amount of money, eh? X amount of money for you to be able to go and do some shady stuff. What is your price tag? For some, it's just like, how much are we talking about, right? So we need to first have a discussion. How much are you talking about before it's just like to see? For many of us, there is a price tag. But for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these guys were willing to literally forfeit their lives rather than worship the image of gold. The thing is, is that Jesus Christ is calling us to a bold faith, a faith that is unashamed of the gospel. So not only is it that thing for like the fact that, you know, there's that compromise around, we're willing to compromise certain things for, the, for, 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 for another thing, right? So meaning that I have faith in God, but I don't mind doing all these shady deals because that's just how it is. It's just how it is. But not only just that, that how we also manifest our timid faith is that there are so many of us who are living a cryptic faith. You secretly believe in Jesus, but you do not proclaim him publicly. Right? You've heard it said, preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. But the thing is, what we find in the scriptures is that the gospel was, was and has always been communicated verbally and not just through actions. People believe in the gospel through your declaration, through your proclamation. But for many of us, we are bearers of good news. The good news that has redeemed our lives, but we are not willing to share it. And so the question is, is it because you don't believe that it's good news? Because the thing is, is that you would share good news if you had it. People, people generally tend to share good news. So maybe... It's that you don't see the gospel as good news. Or maybe it's the fear of how others will perceive you. You're afraid of what others will think of you. What is it that keeps you from sharing your faith with others? When was the last time, as a believer in Jesus Christ, that you shared the message of the gospel with someone? Could it be that there's a possibility and it's okay to, to come to that admission that you possibly do not believe that the gospel is good news. Because if you did, you would share it. What is it that is keeping you from sharing your faith with others? The Bible says that you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Even though you feel like you're concerned about how people think of you, you are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. And it says that no one lights a lamp and puts it under a table. No one, lights, no one puts on lights, <laughs> right, to go and hide them. You are that lamp that because of your faith in Jesus Christ, you already stand out. You know, the thing is, we talked about last week, that when you begin to operate in the authority of one who is sent, you will stand out. 
Because if you operate in the authority of one who is sent, so for example, like let's say if it's in your workplace and you operate in the authority of one who is sent, it means that whenever certain situations come up, you're the person who steps up to the plate to be like, I can do that. Similar to what Daniel did where he's just like, he had that there was an issue. He's just like, he went immediately to the king. This is now in Daniel 2 and he tells the king, yo, I, 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 I'm going to solve your problem. Just give me a minute. <laughs> Let me go. I, I'm going to be right back. Just give me a minute. I'm going to solve your problem. Right? That when you operate in the authority of one who is sent, you will stand out. Because a city on a hill cannot be hidden. The thing is, is that your, 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 your belief in Christ Jesus may sound like foolishness to many, but that doesn't change the fact that it is good news. You are a carrier of God's presence everywhere you go. You have what everyone needs and is looking for, even if they do not know it. There's no way, like for me, like every single time I see, I don't care what celebrity you are, how much money you have. If you do not know Jesus Christ, then without a doubt, there's, there's something that is, that is missing. That is my perspective. That there's something that is, that is, that is missing from your life. Because there's a place that only Jesus Christ can fill. There's a place in us that only God can fill. And so the thing is that you have, you have, every, you have the thing that everyone needs and is looking for, whether they know it or not. And so the thing is, you cannot be, you must not be ashamed of your faith in Christ Jesus. You must refuse to live in the closet of your faith as though you're in a cult, like you have something to be ashamed of. Living in the closet of your faith because you have nothing to be ashamed of. Make your declaration plain. Be bold in your proclamation. Be bold in living your life in pursuit of God. Jesus says to us in Matthew 10, 32-33, that whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Be bold in your proclamation. And recognize that you have the message of life. You have the good news. You have the good news. So be bold in living your life in pursuit of God. Be bold in this. That even in the sense that when the sweet deal comes, asking you to compromise your faith, stand firm in your commitment to Christ. Do not be persuaded. Do not be swayed by the promises of men. I have said this here many, many times before, that promotion comes from God. One of the things that you notice here, after each time we read of Daniel and his friends, their commitment to God, what we see literally after every single time, no matter how difficult the situation was or how crazy the, the scenario was of being almost burnt in, in, a, in a bush, I mean in a fire or even just like being in a lion's den, literally what we see every single time is these guys being promoted. Promotion comes from God. When you, you think, when they think or you think that you're losing out, you're actually gaining because God sees and God rewards. And in this, these rewards were so, in, they were so insane, they were so intense that it even brought jealousy amongst others. Because man, let me tell you, God's favor ain't fair. God's favor ain't fair, man. You know what I'm saying? It ain't fair. But that's the thing, that promotion comes from God. And so what Jesus Christ is calling us to live is a bold faith, an unashamed faith. We cannot be his witness 
if we are that lamp that is hiding under the table. We cannot be his witness if we are those that are sitting on a hill trying to hide. You know, a few weeks ago, I had an encounter with, um, with someone who had come to our, our, our office. And so we were having a discussion and I began to share what it is that I do. This person is a person who does not believe in Jesus Christ. They believe in um, the universe, you know, those things. Um, <laughs> and so I began to share what it is, whatever, all that stuff. And, you know, in between us, we were having this discussion. We're just talking. We're just having, a, you know, just a good talk. And this person is just there like... You know, as the, the whole time the person stops, they're just like, you know, just like you have, this is what they say to me. They're like, you know, you have there's something about you. There's a, there's a kind of, something about you. There's a kind of aura. There's, a, there's an energy about you. Because, you know, the energy, whatever. It's just like, oh, that's so cool, whatever. And it's just like, so, you know, what do you do? And I began to share with them what it is that I do. And I talked to them about the fact that I, um, this ministry and Adulam, and they're just like, oh. So now they, all of a sudden you could see in their face this kind of like, like a disconnect of, wait, how is it that I can, th I think that you're, you have such a great aura, <laughs> but then you believe in Jesus. It's just like, that's not cool. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like they're waiting for like some, you know, I just, you know, some, I do this uh, healings, you know, I do this auras, auras. No, it's just like, it's, it's Jesus you seeing, girl. It's Jesus. Now, the thing that happened in this whole story is that as we're having this discussion, I very plainly was like, because she's just like, you so like you teach people how to be good and you teach people how to be, um, how to be better, how to be better citizens and all these things. And I was like, yeah, but really what I teach people is about Jesus Christ. And I began to share the gospel with her, with her. began to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and the, and, 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 and the fact that I believe that Jesus Christ is the way in which we are able to be transformed in which we are able to then be renewed within that it is through him that we experience new life and that everything that you're seeing and whatever aura that you're seeing is literally on account of faith in Christ Jesus and the thing is is that you know you look at this person and they're sitting there just looking at you and just being like wow like you're just here telling me about as opposed to the thing for like yeah you know I believe in good vibes, you know, I believe in energy, good energies. It's just like, nah, fam, the reason, the thing that you're seeing, the light that you're seeing is because of Jesus Christ. Let your light so shine. Let your light so shine. Make your proclamation plain and bold that you believe in Jesus, that the hope that you have in you is Jesus Christ. Jesus is calling us to a bold faith. One that recognizes that we are carriers of good news. That it's time. It's time for us to get out of the closet of our faith. That we are being called out to live our faith boldly. Now the thing is that if you're hearing this and you recognize that you have a challenge in being able to live out your faith boldly. That if you have a challenge in being able to share the good news with others, I have some good news for you on how you can overcome this. But before I share this good news with you, I want us to look at just one other thing in terms of how Daniel and his friends lived a bold faith. What's incredible about these guys wasn't just that they lived a bold faith through their words and their actions. It was also demonstrated, this bold faith, through what they believed God for. 
Daniel and his friends believed God would reveal to them the king's dream in Daniel chapter 2 and the interpretation of it. We'll look more deeply into this text next week. But Daniel believed that God was able to reveal the mystery. And so he went and made commitments against that confidence. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego believed that God would deliver them from the burning furnace. In that they said, if we are thrown into the burning furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. When Daniel heard about the decree that would have stopped him from praying, knowing full well the penalty of what was about to happen, he literally believed that God was able to deliver him from the lions. Because it says that they found him asking God for help. As soon as he heard this, he went to God. These guys lived a bold faith, not just in their actions and in their proclamation, but also in what they believed God would do for them. And so the thing is, again, also in this living a bold faith, I ask, what shall we boldly believe God for? What we see in the book of Daniel is a God who time and time again reveals himself to be the God who can do what appears to be impossible to others. This is the God whom we serve. Literally, this is the testimony of King Darius after witnessing what God did for Daniel in the lion's den. He says, for he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. He performs signs and wonders. This is the God whom we serve. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. We serve a God of signs and wonders. So then the question is, what shall we boldly go to him together and believe him for? I don't know about you, but I want to see signs and wonders. I want to see mountains move. I want to see God come through in miraculous ways. Things that only God can do. Because, you know, the thing that we, we see is that it was through these signs and wonders performed through Daniel and his friends that literally people began to believe in God. But even the king himself, this is the reason he's just like, eh, but yeah, there's no other God who can do such a thing. In the New Testament, signs and wonders were there to draw people to God. They served as additional testimony to the message that was preached by the disciples. It served as an additional testimony. And today, we can be empowered with great signs and wonders to go along with our bold proclamation of the gospel. It is possible. I mentioned previously that, that just now, I mentioned previously that there's some good news for us. There's some good news for us who have a challenge living a bold faith. And here is the good news. Here is the good news about us who are challenged living a bold faith. In Acts 4, after Peter and John have been arrested on account of performing an incredible and amazing miracle, miracle right? Remember the, 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 in, the, in the Acts series when we did and we talked about the, 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 the gate called Beautiful, the guy who was healed. So remember that these guys were arrested on account of them being able to perform this sign on this crippled man who from birth had been crippled and now he was healed. That after they are released from prison, it says that they went to the other believers and told them everything that had happened. Then this is what it says from verse 23. It says, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. 
when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. The good news is this, is that the boldness that we are seeking this boldness that we are looking for, this boldness that Jesus is calling us into, comes from Him. This is the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that through Him, we are able to receive whatever we need for life and godliness. What a beautiful gospel. Literally, whatever it is that we are lacking in, whether it's in faith, in hope, in love, and in boldness, whatever it is, he is able to give it to us. All we need to do is ask. That's what the people did in the New Testament. That's what they did in Acts 4. They literally went to God and asked God, give us boldness. Give us signs and wonders. And it says that literally the place was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. And so this is literally what it is that we need. We need to ask that God would give us the ability to speak with his word with boldness. That we need to ask that we would help us be able to literally be more effective in our witness by giving us signs and wonders. And all we have to do is ask for it. You see, the thing that is so amazing about the gospel of Jesus Christ is that the world, what it does is that it gives us a set of standards. And then it says to you, go and meet all those standards. Go and meet every single thing, of every standard that we have set. But the gospel says to us that every standard that Jesus has set, he gives us literally, he says that I have died for you and I have forgiven your sin. And whatever standard, whatever it is, I will help you achieve it. If it's boldness that I require of you. I will give it to you. Come and ask me. And so what I want us to do moving forward from this message is I want us to pray for boldness. I want you every single day to ask God to give you boldness. A bold faith. A bold faith. This thing that God asks us to do is not something that is just unachievable. He's saying, come and ask me. Ask the Lord to give you a bold faith. If you've been living in the closet of your faith, I want you today and every day to ask God to give you great boldness like the early church asked, that you would give us great boldness.
That just like the believers in the early church, that we would also ask that he would give us signs and wonders so that it would make our witness even more effective. Right? And that's the thing is that like, you know, we overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. These signs and wonders are not just about healing. These signs and wonders are also just about things that will happen in your life and other people will look and just be like, how did that happen? How did that happen for you? Like, when did that happen? How did this happen for you? The same thing that happened to Daniel, Meshach, and like, how did this happen? When they came, they even inspected their clothes. They're like, how is this possible? And then it is because of those signs and wonders. It's because of those opportunities that God will demonstrate through your life that will then be an opportunity for you to be able to share the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the reason why there will be people that will believe is because they will be like, my guy, there's only God who could have done such a thing in that person's life. And because of that, watch I give this guy a try. Because, taste and see that the Lord is good. This is the thing. And the thing is this. All of this, the good news of all of this that I've shared today about a bold faith is that we can literally go to God and ask Him. Just like the early church. And He will give it to us. As I close today, we here at Adulam, we want to be able to exercise bold faith. And by that meaning that we want to be able to just literally ask if you want, if you desire to join us in believing God for two things. There's two things that we want to believe God for. The first thing is this, is that, you know, the Bible says that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So it says, Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he may send out laborers into his field. We want to pray for laborers. We want to pray that God would awaken his children to their first love. We want to pray that he would ignite their hearts for him. That the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We want to believe that God would, in this our generation, awaken believers. That we would no longer live in a timid faith, but a bold faith. That we would see a revival amongst his people. That we want to believe that God will reveal his children. That he will expose and reveal his children. That they would now become a city on a hill. That they would be those lamps that cannot be under the table. That he would ignite them and cause them to joyfully participate in the family business which is winning souls for the kingdom through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we are praying and we are believing as Adulam that God would cause there to be a revival amongst his children, that they would be awakened and ignited for him. And the second thing that we want to believe God for is that we want to pray for Kenya. That at this time what happens is that typically this very period, and we all know this, that just before when usually like about a year before an election that what happens is this is that the enemy begins to sow division division that we begin to start seeing this divide and conquer spirit begin to invade our hearts we're already hearing all these conversations of the people of mount kenya the people of this place and yet usually like after the elections now we're just kenyans 
But it's always during this period when we begin to start seeing division that's coming. And all this division is on account of the enemy who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And we want as God's people to believe that God, who is the one who governs the affairs of men, will cause all those plans that the enemy has devised not to succeed. That every agenda to divide us will not succeed. Every tactic to sow chaos will not succeed. And these are the two things that I, if you're interested, you know, that you would join boldly to believe God for. That we want to have bold faith to believe that God is able to do these things for us. And all we have to do is ask. We just need to go and ask. And so today, my friends... Jesus Christ is calling us to a bold faith. And we can achieve it just by asking. Just by asking him for that bold faith in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Let us pray. Holy Father, we thank you so much for what you continue to do. and on our behalf we thank you for who you are we thank you Holy Father that you are the God who is who, 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 who is able to give us bold faith Father in Jesus holy name we together with all those watching come before you to ask Father give us great boldness to speak the word of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with great boldness. Father, we ask that you would grant us signs and wonders that would help us be even more effective in being able to communicate the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to all that are lost. Father, embolden your church, awaken your church, uplift your church to the glory of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who died and is now alive and seated at your right hand. May his name be glorified for all ages. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching. Listen, if this message blessed you, please be sure to share with someone whom you love. Share with a friend, a colleague, anyone. And then also, listen, Support us, support this ministry so that we can be able to make more dope content and be able to spread this message of the kingdom to as many people as possible. And then make sure that you subscribe. Sawa, subscribe. Subscribe, wherever the button, subscribe, subscribe. God bless you guys.